This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to the war room today. Terry, it's great to have you here, my friend. Um, and I look forward to uh, really getting to hear your journey in life. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, appreciate your invite. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, I, I love to, because I always tell people that I'm really bad at introducing people. So if you could just take 15 seconds or so, just let the audience know up front who you are and what your superpower is. Excellent. My name is uh, Ted Davis. My company is Grace Strategic Services, Inc. Uh, we've been in business now for 27 years as a uh, uh, leadership uh, coach, consultant, and uh, trainer. I love training uh, leaders. My whole purpose is to help managers become leaders and leaders extend themselves or reproduce themselves. Uh, I think the uh, kind of the secret sauce is a combination of uh, experience. I've been I've been either a student, uh, practitioner, or a teacher of leadership now for more than fifty years. So I think it's experience plus uh, education. Uh, I've had a lot, a lot of really good education, both by going to school, reading books, but also by having worked with some really phenomenal leaders in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I, I fully get that. I mean, I, uh, I, I cut my teeth out of the military for 23 years. So, uh, no, I, did, I did 22 years. Well, there you go. So see, there's a little background connection right there. We didn't even make it. <laughs> what, what experience of service were you in? Army. Yeah. Again, what years? Uh, from 1993 to 2000, end of 2016. Excellent. Well, I predated you. I, I graduated, yeah. graduated from the military academy in 1974 and retired from active duty in 1996. Yeah. Oh, we had a little bit of overlap. Not much, but. It was a, excuse me. It was a great, uh, great 22 years. Yeah. Uh, as I always tell people, if I was 18 and had to do it over again. I'd still go to West Point. I'd still make the army my first career, and I'd marry the same woman. So I have been incredibly blessed. In my there life. you go. There you go. So did you retire as a lieutenant colonel or a full bird? A lieutenant colonel. Okay. Yep. I was I, fortunate. My last active duty assignment was uh, here in Leavenworth, Kansas, where I was on the faculty at the Command and General Staff College. So nice. teaching is a wonderful, wonderful way to to, uh, to end what was a thoroughly enjoyable career. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's great that like, cause a lot of people don't come out of that experience and it's a very small number actually that come out and do the entrepreneurial thing. A lot of people, well, at least of my time that I served, a lot of them go right back into the system as a, you know, as a, uh, government worker doing something similar to what they were doing 
while they were in boot still. So, and I swore I was not going to do that. <laughs> Me I too. Was not to, I was not going <laughs> to change uniform and stay on that. I was going to uh, go see something that was more challenging, more enterprising. Um, so I took a short-lived job as a vice president for international marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. And when that job went away, one of the things I learned is I was no longer suitable for working for anybody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's when I started. That's when I started my consulting company and been at it now for 27 years and feel, feel very blessed. You're absolutely unemployable at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Absolutely. That's yeah. what I always tell people. Yeah. Yeah, we say that, but yet I am employed by just a whole bunch of other people. Right, you know, project right, by right. project, leader by leader. So, uh, uh, yeah, I do work for I do work for a living and do do work for a lot of yeah, other people. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I I had somebody last week. I got a call last week, and they were like, "Well, hey, we got a CEO position for you if you'd like it." And I was like, "I'm not employable. I'm sorry." <laughs> It's one thing when you work for yourself, right? And then you service others, but you're working for yourself. Um, that's that. It's just, it's self-guided leadership at that point. So it's, it's, a, it's just a different thing. But anyway, we kind of went off on a tangent there, but uh, that's okay. We ha had a realization there. So we had to connect the dots to begin there. So anyway, well, thank you for your service. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, I love having veterans on the show. That's a, it fits the war room, right? <laughs> so anyway, so I, I love to really kick the show off into your whole story. We know the military side, but did, you know, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, my okay, cool. maternal, my maternal side of my family, particularly my mother's side, uh, my grandparents emigrated from Italy at the turn of the uh, 19th century. Um, and uh, my grandfather had, was a shoemaker, and I mean a shoemaker. And oh. so when he came to the United States, he uh, set up his own shop in uh, Binghamton, New York, had a little shop making shoes, not just repairing them, making shoes from scratch. And my mother, my grandmother, was a seamstress, and she opened up her uh, dressmaking shop, and that grew into a dry cleaning business. So by the time I came along, they had a, a reasonably healthy dry cleaning business uh, that they grew uh, for themselves. And then uh, all of all of my cousins on that side of the family have all ventured out into some sort of business together. And my paternal side, uh, or of my family, my father, he I can recall him. Having little ventures. So we had a little shop downstairs from the apartment we lived in. And I recall, in fact, I used to help him once in a while. He got into the business of wiring cables together, you know, taking thin wires, wiring them together, make thick cables and so forth. Hmm. And uh, so he did that for a while. Um, I think he got into an early, early version of uh, uh, multi-level marketing. Uh, didn't, didn't go hmm. anywhere. Uh, so yeah, he 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 did have a desire to do that, and he was a great technician. Um, so I think there was a bit of it. And now, uh, all my siblings uh, have gone off and started their own businesses. Um, my two brothers, uh, at least one of my four sisters. So uh, I think entrepreneurship kind of runs in the family. Yeah, so it's a, it's in the blood. 
Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. And, uh, yeah. and, and it, it continues on. My my two sons have uh, both started businesses. Yeah. And, uh, and are doing quite well. So yeah, I think yeah. it is the family. As much, as much as I loved the, the, being in the Army, I did. absolutely loved it. I'd do it again if I had a chance. Still, it's a post-military career. Uh, I think being an entrepreneur, again, that was what we just talked about. Uh, being in charge of your own destiny um, is really important to me. And so being a management consultant, uh, trainer, and coach, um, it's given me such a variety of the clients. So I've worked with uh, construction companies, IT companies, um, manufacturing companies, and a lot of not-for-profits. And so having that variety, I think, is uh, what fuels me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can absolutely, uh, I can connect with that <laughs> obviously. Um, cause my main company I operate to, it's a consulting firm too. So it's, uh, you know, there's something about, there's just something about seeing change, right? Because the thing about it, I, I always look at it this way is, in the military for that long, right? We saw change all the time, right? So you get accustomed to that three or four year itch of a PCS or, or whatever, right? So that's why I really love the business world itself. Cause it's just changing all the time. Right. And it's such a, it's, it's like every year or two, we get a PCS. <laughs> right? well, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the, the thing that makes it exciting and you talk about, you know, change, we, we go, to mm-hmm. different, go to a different place and so forth. And I think that's one of the things I've enjoyed about uh, being an entrepreneur in a consulting space is that number one, I've got to change. You know, if I've taken on a new client, there's something about me that has got to change. I've got to lo- learn new information. I've got to learn new organizations. Um, I've got to learn how to apply, um, you know, solid principles and concepts that have been established for forever. What's a new way of, of applying it correctly? Uh, so that challenge of uh, new experience, new knowledge, new people, um, that requires personal change as well. It's not just simply that our clients change because we offer them something, but we change as well. So I think it's that uh, duality of change that really makes it exciting. Yeah, change management, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's a, that, was, that was just my lesson with one of my <laughs> with one of my clients. It was the, the uh-huh. lesson just this past week. Yeah. Uh, how do you manage change? And uh, you know, change. One, one of the jokes I like to use is that you know, change is a constant. The only place you don't get change is at a vending machine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, so uh, and so we have to be change agents. Mm. Uh, so to be a change agent, uh, at least what I like to st- instruct on is to be a change agent. Number one, you got to be a futurist. You know, you got to look into the future. What's coming? What are the forces and trends? Where's the market going? Where's the business going? And so forth. So you got to be a futurist. Then you got to be able to cast a vision. What does that look like for us? So there's generally here's what the future looks like. So there's a vision of what it means to us. I've got a challenge. Got to be a challenger. Got to challenge the process. I've got to be a good communicator. Yeah, right. Um, and I've got to be a good implementer. And I think the one of the key characteristics of being a very good change agent, believe it or not, is to be a terminator. Uh, there are things you've got to cut off. You things you got to stop. 
Uh, there's products that aren't working. There are services that maybe nobody wants any longer. Right, right. And so there's policies, procedures. There is something about what you've done in the past that is not going to be workable going forward. And to know what that is and when to terminate it, I think is incredibly important. One of my favorite books on the topic is uh, uh, Henry Cloud's book, Necessary Endings. Mm. Uh, great book about managing change, being a good leader. And his whole premise is that you've got to know when to kill something, <laughs> when to cut it off, when to prune it, as he says. So, yeah. So, yeah, change is, I think, uh, something we have to master, particularly if you're going to be a leader in any organization. And certainly if you're going to be in our business, in our space as consulting, coaching, and training, you've got to be, a, uh, you know, a highly skilled change agent. Yeah. Well, and then there's the whole adaptability, there's the, you know, all those different things to emerging markets that are always coming. I mean, we're like right in the middle of this AI emerging market stuff, right? And I mean, it's big. It is bigger than any of us even realize, that's for sure. And, but we're on the, uh, it's kind of like back in... I think it was 99 or 2000, right? I had this great idea of, because uh, a lot of people couldn't remember when to send a birthday card to their mom or dad or whatever, right? So I came up with this great idea that we would send a postcard in the mail to remind you to put those uh, birthday cards, whatever, in the mail the day before. You were supposed to do it, right? And it was a great little business. But then guess what happened? The internet happened. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, but there again, the change, right? It was a change and it was a change. It just killed it. I mean, I had to take it behind the barn, put a bullet in it, right? So, oh my gosh. And, 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 and that's, not, not anticipating or not paying attention mm-hmm. to it. Some classic case, like, you know, Kodak. Uh, or was it Polaroid? Uh, one of the two Polaroid, didn't see yeah. the yeah, didn't see the changes in photography coming mm-hmm. and so forth, and they just thought it was always going to be the camera the way it was. And boy, that that one died quickly. Uh, and then of course there's Blockbuster, who didn't <laughs> see the internet. I mean, why did here's this little startup, this little bizarre thing called Netflix, who first mails you this little disc, and now of course it's online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow, Blockbuster became ghost town. And Blockbuster just, actually, they had a chance to sell out to Netflix yes. and they didn't uh, take it. <laughs> so, uh, so anticipating, understanding the combination of forces of technology, mm-hmm. of societal change, you know, the whole, uh, in, in, uh, you know, classic theory of um, strategic management, you have that acronym um, PEST, P-E-S-T, political, economic, social, and technological, kind of four areas in which there are forces and trends that you have to pay attention to, to understand what's going um, to happen, but to buy our behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I always encourage my, uh, my, my, my clients, my coaching uh, like, uh, coaches, to understand is that every organization exists to deliver something of value to the marketplace. 
Every one of them. Every organization exists to deliver something of value. Mm-hmm. And so deliver something of value, you got to keep up with what is it that's valuable to the marketplace at any one time? Um, you know, and so that you've got to pay attention to, uh, as we were, you said, the changes in technology, the changes in social um, mores, social attitudes and so forth. And particularly, what are the buyers going to need, want, or and how they're going to purchase, where are they going to purchase it? So mm-hmm. um, I think that leads to one of my key themes that I share with uh, business leaders is, uh, or any leader, is pursuing clarity, you know, clarity of who you are as an individual, clarity about your personal leadership philosophy, clarity about your business model, uh, understanding who is your buyer, what are they buying, what's the problem they're trying to solve, uh, being clear about your your value generation process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's one of the challenges when we talk about change. In the midst of change, there's one consistent thing, and that's to pursue clarity. Uh, clarity about what's happening um, outside the organization. Because as I just said, we were talking about change management earlier this week. Well, as you study what, what changes, what causes us to change? Well, there's first external forces. And so we have got to be prepared internally to adapt to external change because that's what's going to drive us. So most effective, almost all internal change is driven by some external change that we have to respond to. If we're going to stay relevant, uh, we've got to be able to change the product. We've got to be able to change the service offering. We've got to change the where we deliver, how we deliver. Um, so uh, I think getting to that kind of clarity about where are we in the marketplace uh, it's so important if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. And then there's the reality part, right? To throw on top of that. And that is, you know, and, and like you, I work with, you know, lots of business owners from pretty much every category. And when you get too married to it, that you don't want to change it, just because you think it's good doesn't mean the market does. Right. And and I see that all the time and it drives me crazy because I don't ever get married to anything. Right. If the market speaks and it's good, go with it. If not, take it behind the barn and put a bullet in it. Right. And just get it over with. (laughs) Well, I agree with you. When you say I don't get married to anything, I would say don't get married to, um, you know, a a product, don't get married to a process because there are in the midst of change. Um, you've got to figure out what doesn't change. Um, There was a chief of staff of the army back in, just as you came on active duty, I don't know if you remember Gordon R. Sullivan. General Gordon R. Sullivan was the chief of staff of the army. And he had his mantra, because he was was taking over an army that was in a huge midst midst of change. And he always talked about the, you know, the the, the consistent, what, what we need to be consistent in. So there are some things that are not going to change. Well, what are they? And I think those are solid principles, like treating people with inte- with respect and dignity, mm-hmm. integrity, uh, quality, that, the pursuit of quality. Now, what is quality may change, but the idea that there's a principle of we always pursue quality, we pursue safety. You know, the content may change, but the principle uh, remains the same. Um, uh, what's his name? Stephen Covey. 
you talk about the, the, mm-hmm. the mistake that people said did was they crash against principles. And so we've got to be able to be clear about here's these principles of things like equality and respect, um, the idea of delivering something of value. Uh, so we've got to know what doesn't change in the midst of what does change. Um, yeah, for so sure. You got both of those, absolutely. Yeah. And then also you look at, I don't remember who said it. It's not something I came up with, but it's rules and laws, right? So, you know, we have to break rules to break barriers. You can't break laws, but you can break rules, right? You can, you can, if we never broke the rules, we would never innovate. (laughs) Uh, You're absolutely right. Again, I think those things are trying to control control some sort of behavior. And what Mm -hmm. we need to to look at is what's the behavior that we're trying to control Right. In the midst of that, as we talk about change, I think all improvement comes from change. Absolutely. All improvement comes from change. Yeah. However, however, not all change is an improvement. Right. I mean, the, the thing we change may not be the improvement that we're looking for. It may be another change. It may be something else that we have to do. Um, you know, I don't think that necessarily every social change we're going through is making us a better society. Um, right. Yep. There, there, there are principles I think that we should be living by. Getting back to integrity, getting back to treating people with uh, uh, dignity and respect, and so forth. Yeah. Um, so I, I, change is so complex, and, uh, and but but in order to change an organization, I think one of the guiding principles is to change an organization. You must change the leader. Now that has two implications. Sure. We must change the leader. Now, either the leader, the incumbent changes, the incumbent changes a perspective, changes by learning something new. They change a belief, things like we just talked about. They change what rules they they believe in and so forth. So the incumbent either changes to change the organization, or if they're resistant to it or incapable of it, unfortunately, sometimes we got to change out who the incumbent is to change the organization. But we, we as leaders need to go first. Mm -hmm. we have to to be the first to change because we have to change perspective we have to learn new things uh we've got to learn new messages uh what we have as mahatma gandhi talked about um we have got to be the change that we're looking for yeah what is the change we want well we've got to be that 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 change so yeah uh, we we absolutely have to go first Mm-hmm. Uh, to change an organization and to move an organization forward yeah you bet well i i will say ted if if i mean that <laughs> there was plenty there to learn <laughs> for sure <laughs> so so if you if you didn't get anything from the last i don't know however long we've been on here on close to 20 minutes now if you didn't get anything out of that well you just weren't listening but for the hard heads, let's hit the hard heads that maybe didn't, right? So <laughs> if you had a couple mainstay things, Ted, that that were like your go-to principles, what would those be to share? I'd say I would repeat what I said about uh, every organization exists to deliver something of value to the mm-hmm. marketplace. So you got to understand what is the value I'm delivering and how do I deliver it? And is it a value? So 
Always remember that's the purpose of your organization. It's to deliver something external. So you got to respond to the outside markets. That's number one. Uh, number two, I would suggest that uh, a key takeaway is pursue clarity. Clarity at every dimension. Clarity personally on who you are, what you believe as a leader, what your behaviors will be as a leader. Clarity about your business model by understanding clarity about your your uh, your products, your services, your customer base, uh, understand it thoroughly so that you have a you can produce a, a solid uh, business model. Um, I guess one thing we hadn't talked about, but I would love to uh, remind people are is that generally people will rise or fall to the level of um, our expectations. Mm. You know, so if I if I expect very little of people and I treat them in a demeaning manner, guess what? They're going to fall to that. But again, if I expect a lot of good things from people and I treat them with respect, when I treat them that high high expectations, but because they have high abilities, high capabilities, generally, usually, most of the time, people are going to rise to those to meet those expectations. Yeah, true. Man, that's uh that one should hit home right there. Because that that's a that's a beautiful way to put that for sure. No doubt about it. But um anyway, so I want to give you a chance to put out some information on you know how do you want people to you know that listen to this to be able to reach out to you and uh either work with you, ask you questions, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Well, the quickest way obviously is uh uh, via text or phone, uh, my phone number, uh, text number is 913-306-1499. So if you want to send me a text, just mention that you listen to this podcast and let me know your name, your email, and your phone number. I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Uh, my email address is uh, tedavis, tedavis at grace, G-R-A-C-E, for the number four success.com uh, so send me an email again the company is great strategic services um and i'd love to work with uh, any entrepreneur any leader particularly any leader who's trying to move forward as i mentioned earlier my kind of my mission in life is to help managers become leaders and help leaders reproduce themselves yeah well there's another great one <laughs> right there man we could probably do an hour podcast here but in uh <laughs> respect of your time um we won't do that but anyway so i i, I like to kind of close the show uh with with the big question i guess and that is uh because it lets us in your head a little bit um if you were able to invite anybody to this podcast today dead or alive any point in time in history doesn't matter who do you love to have here and why them um well you know kind of my the religious side of my life i'd you know, love to have, have a conversation with with christ and mm -hmm. am i getting it right a uh, more practical uh side of uh, somebody real uh i really love to be able to talk about this stuff uh with my west point classmates any one of them uh, 
Uh, we, we are celebrating our, uh, as I said, I graduated in 1974, so we're preparing for our 50th uh, reunion. Um, so I, I probably a little bit nostalgic, but absolutely wonderful classmates uh, that I've had the pleasure of knowing, uh, great teammates, great company mates, and so forth. And just to be able to compare notes and say, what, what, what are we going to do? We're, we're now in our early 70s. Uh, what are we going to do for the next 70 years? Obviously, we're not going to live that long, but for however long we have, what's the next great thing we can do? Because uh, uh, the word retirement's not in the Bible, so I don't see retirement anytime in my future. Uh, there's, there's there's something more to give and something more to do. So uh, chatting about all these ideas and how we uh, perpetuate them is always a wonderful way to spend the day. Yeah. Well, hey, it's like I always say, if you love what you're doing, it's not really work anyway, is it? That's true. Uh, it is. <laughs> well, it's it's a joy. It's, it's also yeah. should be answering, answering a calling. What do you mean? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that can change. It changes over time as you learn, as you achieve, as you stumble and fall. You, know, you got to get up. Uh, I mean, you. I, I really believe that you are only a failure if you quit. Yeah. Uh, we know we're going to make mistakes, um, but you get up and keep moving forward. Uh, excuse me. They're going to be uh, disappointments in life, things that don't work out. Um, how do you get up and keep moving forward? So you only fail if you quit. That's right. You can't smoke a quitter either. Absolutely. <laughs> Most people won't know what that even means, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it hanging there. So anyway, well, hey, Ted, geez, it was great to have you on the show today. As I always say, you know, there's 168 hours in a week. Thanks for stopping by here for 35 minutes today and dropping some serious, you know, serious, no crap, good stuff on the audience that they can take away and implement today. So I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the time and, uh, and for giving me a few moments on the air. Absolutely. Cheers, my friend. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.